welcome back to State of Mind. I'm Grace Kingswell, nutritional therapist and lifestyle medicine advocate, and boy do I have some incredible guests for you today. Side note, apology about my voice, I've got a little bit of an autumn cold, but hopefully it's not too distracting. A couple of months ago, my mum and I went on a girls' holiday to Greystones in Ireland. The goal was to do lots of walking, see some beautiful scenery and just generally get into nature. But also, on my part, to swim at sunrise with the happy pair. I've been following David and Stephen Flynn, aka the happy pair, for quite some time on Instagram and have always just been completely obsessed with their ethos, their outlook on life, their quirkiness and their positivity. Having been a passionate swimmer for quite some time, I was so excited to swim with a community that loved the cold water and the sea as much as I do. I became pretty chummy with Dave and Steve and we kept in touch over the last few months via Instagram, the powers of social media. And when my husband and I went back to Greystones last month for his birthday, I was lucky enough to record a podcast with the boys. Now, if you follow the happy pair on Instagram, you'll know that these two have a hectic life. And given that Nick and I were only in Ireland for a few days, it seemed unlikely that we were going to be able to squeeze in our recording. However, typical to their welcoming and unbelievably friendly nature, Dave and Steve invited Nick and I along with them on their road trip around Dublin, where they were speaking in schools about climate change and eating more vegetables. That day, we woke up at 4.30 a.m., squeezed in the car all together and hit the road. Our first stop was a sunrise swim at the beach in Dublin, followed by breakfast on the side of the road and a coffee in a local cafe. Then we drove to the first of the two schools that the lads were speaking at and sat as they delivered an incredibly engaging talk on why we all need to be eating more fruit and veg. Then it was off to the second school on the other side of town, then to a radio interview, and then after lunch in the park, we found 30 minutes in which to sit down, get behind the mics and put the world to rights. I was really keen not just to get Dave and Steve to retell their story of how they started The Happy Pair, even though it is an inspirational one. Because I know you've probably all heard it before and they've probably had enough of telling it for that day. So I aimed as ever to ask pertinent questions on topics such as climate change, the future of humanity, creating positive change, mental attitudes and happiness. I think the most profound thing I say all episode is, so you're, you're the happy pair, you're really happy. Yeah, well done Grace. One of my favourite parts of this episode is the comparison they make between illness and wellness. There is only an I in illness, but a we in wellness. I absolutely adore Dave and Steve, and I'm so grateful for them for coming on the podcast. I do just want to say before we kick off that this is definitely not the usual quality of audio that you can expect from State of Mind. We recorded it out in the open in a park, plus the boys kept snatching the microphone from one another, which was pretty funny to watch. I'm sure you can tell from the banter that we had a great time recording this. If you enjoy it, please, please do share the podcast with your friends and family and on your social media channels. And of course, there's always that all important rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app. Thank you so much again for your continued support of State of Mind. Let's get into the episode. Okay, so I am sitting in Dublin in a park with David and Stephen, the happy pair. Hey, guys. Yay! Yay! Yo, guys. We've got two microphones, so we're sharing it around. So um, 
Yeah, let's kick things off with the first question I ask everyone. Can I say something first just to give it a context? We're in the, <laughs> the coolest spot ever to do a <laughs> podcast. We're right by a pond full of ducks. We're amongst the trees. We're leaning in street. It's so cool. So there's the context. Okay, you're going to let me ask my questions now, Dave? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> what was the last thing you did that positively impacted your health? See, I told you. I just you. said lunch. Okay. I just had a really nice lunch and it was uh, like a kale salad. I had kombucha and I had a green juice. It all sounds very right on, but that was what we ate just there for lunch and it was really good. Very on brand. Steve? And for Steve, we just finished a school tour where we went and spoke in about 20 different schools. And the last thing that possibly impacted my health was just meeting the teachers and seeing how inspiring they were. And it really gave me a sense of, a sense of joy to see it. Yeah, I don't think I'll help my joy. I think it's very healthy. Oh, sorry. What have you What have you taken away from this schools tour? Um, we first, so to create a context, we decided that we wanted to go to different schools around the country and to try to around the country of Ireland, this island, uh, and we wanted to talk about health, happiness, and wanted to talk about climate change. And we went into our first school. We kind of talked about more climate change more directly, and as a result, it was a little bit antagonistic and it felt a bit political and obviously we really wanted to convey that message and it's very easy for someone listening to go oh I could do that but when you're standing there in front of 500 kids the teacher and the principals have just trusted you to come in and to talk and when you're saying it you're just it feels a bit antagonistic and as a result we kind of realized that we want to just make the message more positive and talk more about health and happiness and encourage people to eat more veg. Uh, I've got a good metaphor, can I say it, to, 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 which encapsulates this. You attract more uh, you attract more flies with honey than vinegar. So, nice. Um, in that context, we shifted the, the kind of gear and just made it really good fun and made it a laugh and tried to focus on the things like getting them to eat better and move and things like that. Yeah. So. And I, I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously... Kids are the future, right? We need to make everyone into a mini Greta Thunberg if we can. But given that children these days are growing up in an environment that's dominated by social media and they see these people online that are like instantly famous or instantly doing well or instantly being successful and yet the kind of tangible results that come from real graft and real effort in the real world might seem a little bit kind of unachievable or something that's not really required. How, in your opinion, do we really give children the tools to go and realize their dreams wow good question um i think it's more to create a a more real version of reality because i know myself like in our business we've about 120 people with us and we've seen the impact i guess the business has been in business 15 years so we've seen the impact of employing people from different i guess age categories some people mm. who are 20 back 10 years ago some people are 20 now and often referred to as the millennial generation and I've seen the impact of how social media has impacted their mental health and their ability like when we first started the shop people naturally all had small talk you would naturally if someone came in you go oh how was your day were you doing a walk all this type of thing yeah. but some of the younger generation do not have that they don't have it they don't have the ability to so it's quite wow that's it, really it's, interesting it's like it's missing and and they're also kind of a, lots of them are now maybe it's just yeah, some of them are, are they don't want to do the menial jobs like mop the floor they're like surely there's someone else to do this yeah. like you know there's an element to that so I guess that bit's kind of interesting but to answer your question directly um, I think it's to be more real and to show like many people think our business we've been it's taken oh jeez jeez how'd you get so like how, you're doing so well for two years in business it's like we've been in business for 15 years yeah. and it's been so much graft and hard work and people forget that like many people as Dave mentioned there I remember um, one person in particular who started working for a millennial and he was asked to mop the floor and he kind of looked at me like I'm not doing that like and it's kind of like 
that's your job like yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. really important to understand the value of work and and I think it's uh, sorry we're swapping back and forth there is two of us here it's um, very funny to watch but uh, <laughs> I think it's like Jim Carrey said I wish everyone could be rich and famous because then, then they'd realise then they'd realise that that's not the answer and I think it's almost like people are looking outside of themselves they're looking for a hack or something that's going to fast track them because they think they need to be rich and famous or that's the thing or need to have a big house and big cars and it's almost like how we can move the goalpost to real value in life is the journey it's not necessarily the destination it really is the day to day and it's doing the basic simple little things of your day that that's the real value in life it's not necessarily these these things that people have put so much value in and that's what okay. I would think and do you both feel or either, either of you feel that social media impacts you in any way? Because obviously it's part of what your business and what you're having to do and it's a really valuable tool for sharing the message. A lot of youngsters are dealing with anxiety brought on by social media. Do you feel like because you didn't grow up with it in the same way that they have, that's, that's kind of skipped you? Or is um, it something that you contend with? Definitely something that you contend with. You kind of constantly have to put boundaries around it and re-establish right. the boundaries and go, is this appropriate, is this not appropriate, that wasn't appropriate, I shouldn't have done that. Um, like, I know... Let me try to create oh, more... Conway. I was going to say, while well, he's getting his thoughts together, I was just going to say that, uh, like, it was kind of ironic there in the schools tour because we were talking about a lot of anxiety because of social media. Yet here we were, like, we use social media a huge amount. We spend lots of times on our phones. And we can justify it because, hey, it's just for a business. We're doing it because it's good for a business and we're building a better world. And we can justify it in that. But at the same time, we realise and we're both kind of aware that, oh, my God, we do spend a lot of time on our phones. But it is a tool, like, a really... And I realise, just, just like everyone else, where, in a sense, there's part of us that is addicted to it. Mm. Like, it really is. It's always on me. It's mm. in my pocket. And I guess, I think first it's being aware of that relationship. And I have cultivated, I turned off all notifications on my phone. Yeah. I use it as I dip into things as I want. My texts and whatever, almost like, like email. And even, I finally, this is Stephen here, the other one. I've got my thoughts uh, together on that one. I, I know... I used to be a lot more sensitive to any criticism that I'd see online. There might be a hundred positive comments and there'd be one negative one and I'd focus on the one negative yeah. one and I could get upset and feel a bit sensitive and feel a bit bruised and a bit less willing to share who I am and I feel a bit less motivated. But mm. I guess over time I've realised that maybe they're not really criticising me. Maybe they're just having a bad day and they want to fling it at someone and, you know, I've... I've Dave's much better at this how to be less personal about it and as a result it's helped me have a more thicker skin and I kind of you know I look at it with a pinch of salt like I kind of we, we put whatever stuff that we think is inspiring to others and might help someone yeah. uh, and we do our best and some people like it and some don't and that's yeah. cool and just just lastly on, on the whole social media topic do you think obviously your business has grown exponentially and I think vastly helped by your presence on social media. I think people feel very connected to you. You're very personable, likable. Do you feel now that social media drives your business or does business drive your social media? Uh, I think we had an interest in kind of, maybe it was back a year ago. We were kind of like, we were, I guess we were hanging around with more influencers and we'd more go to London and just hang out with other influencers. And, you know, this was work and it was kind of like, yep. this is bizarre, this is work. Like, like is I'm, this work? I'm yeah. going over and I'm meeting people and I'm just training with people and having brekkie with people and, mm. wow, isn't this a lovely life, isn't it? This is pretty bizarre. This is called work. Uh, and it was back about a year ago, we kind of made a conscious effort. Like, let's, we're kind of different in that social, we've had a business before we had social media and that was, our business was to try to create a healthier, happier world. And as a result, social media is a part of it, but it's not like it hasn't made us. It's, yeah. we're kind of, we're separate from social media. So we, as a result, we kind of have a more, 
try to create a, mm. what we think anyway to be a more healthier relationship that it's like you know we're trying to create a po- use it as a podium me- positive medium to amplify a message yeah. but at the same time you know if it goes that's okay yeah I'm interrupting this recording because I have a very important announcement. On the 26th of November, I'm doing a live podcast recording that's taking the form of a panel discussion. And I'll be interviewing the amazing Richie Bostock and Debbie Lewis. Richie, aka The Breath Guy, is a breathwork instructor and Wim Hof certified coach. Richie is an absolute dream. And if you haven't tried breathwork yet, then I urge you to come and see what the fuss is all about at this event. Our breath is our direct access pathway to our brain and by manipulating the breath we can begin to exercise some control over our nervous system. For example, take ourselves out of a stressed state or create a boost of energy or alter the level of gases in our bodies. Debbie Lewis is a functional medicine practitioner and a veteran of state of mind. She's a member of BANT and the CNHC, which basically means that she's overqualified to give you advice on diet, health and well-being. The previous episode that I recorded with Debbie was one of the best received of the whole series, as she was able to elegantly yet efficiently cut through a lot of the nutribollocks out there and deliver real practical advice to my listeners. The three of us will be discussing the topic of taking responsibility for your own health. There will be goodie bags for all and I can't wait to see you there. If you'd like to come along, then please do head to the ticket link in my Instagram bio. So just head over to my page, which is at Grace Kingswell, and click the link there. Alternatively, you can Google search for State of Mind Live Eventbrite, and it will come up. I'm so excited about this. You're not going to want to miss it. Now, one thing I'm really interested in with you two is that you are you're the happy pair. You're, you're so happy you know, Instagram is a curated reality. We don't see everything. What tools can you give listeners for, because inevitably we all have those down days, right? Where you feel a little bit hopeless, you know, maybe the hormones are playing tricks with you, or certainly if you're a woman and you're listening. Um, what kind of practical measures do you guys take to just elevate your mood, stay in that place where you're in the flow, you, you're creating positive change, you're inspiring people, you're being productive? I think uh, I think that's such a relevant question. It really is, and like we we called our business the happy pair. So in a sense, we kind of hung ourselves that oh, geez, we've got to be happy all the yeah. time, or people expect us to. But as you say, we're humans that just ex- experience the full range of emotions. But I think we have developed a number of tools that generally help us to kind of just be more present and be more resilient. And I think like one of them would be we do, when I feel crap, I'll generally move because that will shift the energy. It'll shift the emotion. So whether I go for a run, whether we swim in the sea, whether I do yoga, those are my main tools that I would use when I feel crap. Mm. And if not, I'd go just sit somewhere quiet and actually sit for 10 minutes. Yeah. Those would be the main things which I do. Yeah, other basic ones, which I'm sure um, are kind of obvious to everyone, but simple things, diet has a massive impact on how I feel. Um, so try to eat more fruit and veg and eat things mm. that are more in seasonal and try to keep myself more connected to the outdoors because we tend to forget we're mammals and anyone who's listening who lives in a city it's you know you, you can get very caught in this um, somewhat urbanised lifestyle but ultimately we're mammals and time outside in nature remembers us reminds me anyway that I'm part of a bigger system and that it kind of connects me more to my mammal brain yeah, and I yeah. know one thing that we often do is we'll swim in the sea at sunrise and it's something that um 
hugely enrich, enriches our life. We do it every day of the year when we're when we're in Greystones. Uh, and it, I, as Dave often says, it's like mainlining nature. It, it's like kind of almost putting it in your veins and you mm. feel much more like, wow, is nature beautiful? Wow. Like you can go into the sea feeling tired, miserable, feeling sad, feeling like just a little like, oh, life has me a bit beaten down. Yeah. And you come out going, wow, it's gorgeous. I didn't realise. It might be lashing rain, grey and manky and you come out going, just didn't realise it's a beautiful day. Wow, I think I see the sun coming out. You know, it's suddenly yeah. there's this natural shift and I think it's down to possibly the cold water. You survived it so there's a real gratitude. Mm. I survived. But there's yeah. also, it brings you back to the present moment and David's dying to talk now. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think like sometimes the emotion which like I'll be aware that I feel, oh, I feel a bit of self-pity today. I'm feeling a little sorry for myself and we'll chat about it like and we'll kind of joke about it like and the awareness is that I feel this thing but I am not self-pity or whatever okay. and we'll go for a swim or something or come on, we do, go to yoga or go do something and obviously some of the time that's not possible. So it's just a matter of feeling the emotion and being aware of it and yeah, doing so our best. So it's like, this is an emotion I'm feeling, but it doesn't define me and it doesn't control me. And no, no. And I think just like everyone else, we haven't cracked it. Like we're flawed humans that are doing our best. So those are things that work for us. And I think a lot of people are scared of the cold water, though. I know my husband sitting over there, you know, if he's having a bad day, it wouldn't be his first on his list. But I think the actual, like you were saying, the connection with nature, which I'm all for is um, very grounding and there's so much science behind it as well there's you know there's the the light the the rays from the sun that are healing on the brain and the body and there's you know getting outdoors when you're not in god dave you want to speak I was just going to say, just something that came to me there on that was that like, you were saying like about nature and like, oh, it's cold water and swim in the shower. But then again, for someone like Nick, or for example, it might be some, it's like for, for me and the type of person I am and Stephen and obviously you yeah. too, the cold, the sea, nature, like physicality connects me back to me. Mm -hmm. But for others, it might be a sense of ceremony. It might be sitting, having a cup of coffee, taking those moments for yourself and reconnecting with yourself. And that can be your medicine. So it's like, I think there's horses for courses. Yeah. That was a nice metaphor. Even even simply like taking your shoes and socks off and walking around a park barefoot yeah. can be equally as restorative or regenerative and seem a bit hippy-dippy. But even as a friend, um, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee will say, even by being out in nature, there's more. you'll see more fractures, which will help increase yeah. your oxytocin level and reduce your cortisol level, which will actually help you feel better. Can I say something really geeky now? Yeah, great. That by taking your shoes off and putting your feet on the ground activates something in our, a very primitive part in our brain called the limbic system do you have you had have you yeah, come across yeah. it so the limbic system is is what tells your body where you are in space and time so our bodies take signals from three main places our ankles our ears and our eyes so for example when you're on a boat and you're rocking about in the water the kind of um, internal spirit levels that you have in your ears can't figure out where you are so you feel slightly stressed people get seasickness when you're in a crowd and your eyes can't see the horizon you feel anxious you feel stressed if you take your shoes off and, you know, you get rid of that. Even if you're wearing flat shoes, you get rid of that heel that's on your boot or whatever it, whatever shoe you're wearing. It sends direct signals to this very primitive part in our brain that says, I'm calm, I'm relaxed, everything's okay. So that's what I love about this hashtag grounding trend on social media is that it's actually yeah. really founded in science and it makes so much sense. Cool. So there you go, my little geeky, <laughs> geeky segment of the podcast. Um, I want to go back to your schools talk because it's obviously you've just come off the back of it. Congrats. How many schools in, uh, in how many days? Around 20 schools in eight days and about 5,000 kids. Amazing. So. Um, what do you think is needed to make the leap towards a better future actually possible for our youngsters? Because, you know, do they feel beaten back? And I mean, I certainly feel angry at maybe older generations that have not ruined it all for us, but have kind of lived slightly recklessly, recklessly and not um, been in tune with the, with the planet. 
Um, at this level, do you think it all comes back to community and everyone doing their bits? Or do you think that what we need is kind of seismic policy change, you know, top tier? Wow. What, do you, what do you think? Uh, big question. There's a lot of breath to that one. Okay, I'll let Stephen ponder Good answer, it. Steve. I'll have a point at it. Um, I'd say I think I would think of it almost like a body in that there's all the cells in the body and it really needs to come from all aspects of it because like it needs to come from the ground up like ripples and rising like what Greta's doing and then it also needs to come from top down and I think I think it's ab mm. it's absolutely coming like when I look mm. at the schools even the school that we were last in you can see it it's catalyzed by one teacher it's catalyzed by the principal gets on board the schools get on board a couple of the mothers get on board and then it, um, ripples start to happen and yeah. and communities start to change and, and I think that's that's kind of the metaphor that Do you think we have time to do it that way Absolutely I believe I, I tend to be a very huge optimist, and I, I, yeah, Great. yeah. Uh, I, I liked uh, Zach Bush, who was a cool doctor that we were with recently, and we were talking, and he described a cancer cell as a cell that's isolated and loses communication with the rest of the cells in the body, and I think the the secret to us on a micro level solving our macro issues is about communication togetherness helping each other rather than being oppositional and antagonistic it's like we're better together i think it's all about we can and it's we and i think yeah. there was a lovely um example that a friend gave where they were at, at a kind of talk with a yogi and there was unhealthy and there was wait what was it it was there was illness and wellness written on a board and the question went what's the difference between illness to wellness and the yogi without even talking walked up and he circled the I in illness and he circled, circled the we in wellness <gasps> symbolising that I love that illness is the isolation it's the cell that is miscommunicated that is isolated yeah. and has lost the ability to communicate with the rest of the body whereas we it's together we can solve everything yeah yeah Sorry. and actually when you are ill speaking from experience you do feel isolated because you feel like what you're going through no one else has been through and as soon as you speak up about it and as soon as you talk to people you're like oh shit that person has the same problem nice nice metaphor yeah that was really cool so oh, I can't remember. I heard, I heard it from someone else. I can't remember. That was really good. I thought, that's great. Well, I like that. <laughs> um, all right. I think final question before we get into my, my same three that I ask all my guests. Cool. Something that I've been speaking about a lot on the podcast with various different people, um, you know, founders of environmental charities or just simple kind of people doing their own thing on social media is what is it about humans that makes some of us so uncaring? So you know when you see someone litter in the street or you see them chuck a plastic bottle on the floor or, you know, something that you yourself wouldn't necessarily do because you're engaged and you care about the environment. I mean, how, in your opinion, how do we reach those people? Because we all need to take responsibility for what's happening in our world. I would say they just don't feel loved. Like, it's really that simple. They feel crap, they feel unloved, and that's how they're acting out. Like, it's really... They don't I, have that sense I of community. I really think it is. Like, we all need... We're all... Like, as we said in our schools tour, like, we're all insecure humans. We're all, like, three-year-olds trapped in... For, uh, for us, we're, for, we're nearly 40, so, like, we're all trapped in adult bodies. Well, I assume it's mostly adults listening to this. But, um... And we're really little kids that are going around with signs saying, please love me. Like, I don't feel good. I'm, I, I have lots of insecurities and... We really need minding and supportive. So I think with the likes of those people, if they could get support, if they can get love, if they can get nurtured, I'm sure they will catalyze. Like, yeah, yeah. Because when people feel secure, they obviously want to make the right choices. And even to bring it back to our schools tours, when I said at the start there, when we started out being quite antagonistic, it was quite a an abrasive and a disjointed feeling afterwards. And we left with a feeling, I felt disappointed. Like I felt so I you didn't. were kind of going out saying, 
we have these problems, we have these many years and to And we needed, these are the solutions. And it was quite preachy. Whereas when we kind of dropped all that and we decided to focus on trying to trying to promote, like have a laugh, trying to remind people to be healthier and happier and that we can do it and tell people a story around hope and follow your dreams. It was much more unifying. It was much more together. And the whole idea was that if people become more aware, more conscious humans, we can solve any problem. Okay, nice. Amazing. Yeah. All right, so I've got three questions I ask all my guests and I'd love for you both to answer them. I'm okay, sure, I'm sure you would anyway. Of course we will, yeah. One, one after oh, the one other. After the other. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, great, I love that. So the first question is, um, if there was one thing you could do again in life, what would it be? Have more of that chocolate. It was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I tend to be lost at the present moment. Uh, what else would I do again? I don't know. I'm very happy where I am right now. It's really nice in the park here and I'm having a really lovely day. So I don't know, but, oh, but I'm, it's not like, All right, I pass don't know. the microphone to Dave. Okay, I, I would say that like, just if I was back, if I could imagine if I was back in my 20s, I'd say go wilder, be freer. Don't be afraid of making mistakes and nice. looking under lots of rocks. Like, And we lived pretty wild yeah. compared to most people, but I really would if I was going again. I would be wilder. I would be freer. I would go follow my nose much more. I would not listen to a lot of what people were telling me. Yeah, and even on our school's tour, one of the things that we, we often said was that uh, like mistakes and failure can be stigmatized as something negative. But in our experience, one of the things that really helped us um, in our business was mistakes. We are world experts at making mistakes mm. and at failing. Mm. But because there's two of us, there's always one of us there to pick the other one up and go, you're a little off course there, come on back. So I think mm. failure is something that we all really need to celebrate. Okay. And if there's one thing you could change, what would it be? This could be in your life, it could be in the world at large. One thing that I could change. Um, I always wanted to, like, back when I was um, early 20s and the peak of my, my idealism, um, I remember I was reading this book called Sandhill Farm and it was all about the school system. And I always, and I haven't just come out of the school system and seen how some schools can be remarkable and some schools can be a little, just more conservative or a little bit more old fashioned. And it was just amazing just to see like in that last school we were in where it was like this teacher, Sean, who was really lit up about like eating more fruit and veg and trying to get the kids more healthy and moving more and just building the community around that. And he had the support of the principal, this guy, Dwayne, I think it was, and such a cool dude. And it was amazing just to see the, the relationship with that. And to get back to be more specific your question, what would I like to see change? Wasn't yeah, that? yeah. Um, so it's the school system. Uh, the school system. It's something that I'd love to get involved in. Like, there's two dreams that I really have now. I'm, I'm back on track again. Two things that I really would love to do. I want to see more um, farming. Something I've gone off track again. But linking, <laughs> linking education <laughs> back to farming. So. <laughs> Uh, often we get asked when we I do talk no let me go okay often when we get asked in our talk uh, should I eat organic or non-organic and we'll always answer by going no the main thing is eat more fruit and veg but the more I look into we were listening to we were watching a documentary the other night me and Dave called Groundswell and it was talking about how in one handful of soil there's more like or microorganism than there are humans on the planet. And that as a species, the only thing that allows, well, not the only, but one of the key factors that allows us to exist in modern day civilization is the topsoil, the last one foot of soil mm. on the planet. And I think as a society, one thing that I'd love to change is to, to eradicate chemical farming and just to go back to more no-till regenerative agriculture. So I think that was, so one thing that we really want to do to help this is we want to start a farm and we hope to do it in the next couple of years to start a Amazing. big farm and it's to kind of educate people. So back to education again, uh, educate people to kind of grow more fruit and veg and to encourage more of that. Amazing.
That was a very succinct answer, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I could answer the same question. Um, I'm not very good at looking back and kind of going, oh, I wish I had done this, I wish I'd done that, because yeah. sure, if I did, then I wouldn't be here exactly where I am now. But I can only look forward and go say similar things to Stephen that I think, like, we want to build the best, like, really contribute. What gives us so much meaning is trying to kind of contribute and try to... Mm build a better world and I think as Stephen said the farm is one part of the vision and then I'd love to get involved with turning our own local community and get involved with energy and get involved with you know catalyzing all sorts of positive change we're really making our own community stronger in terms of we're not so dependent on outside resources and things like this and building a better world I think if you start with your community can only ripple out from there amazing I love yeah. that and finally the podcast is called State of Mind what does State of Mind mean to you? Being present with yourself, being kind to yourself, and not pushing. Cool. Stay in mind to me. Uh, maybe any go, it means resilience. Your ability to deal with life as it is in the present moment and to accept it. So I'm going to go back to thought for the day is to accept the present moment as it is and not try to change it. And through accepting it, we're much more likely to pass through, whether it be positive or negative, and at least appreciate. Because I think... Um, listening to kind of this longevity doctor from Harvard talking about growth and longevity. It's only true kind of hardship, true difficulty that we're, we're forced to grow. And it's something we live in a, in an age now where it's more comfortable than ever as a society and as a species. And I think the more we actually mm -hmm. embrace discomfort, encourage us to grow and encourage us to be more courageous and encourage us to overcome. Nice. That was like a Walt Disney finish. Sorry if I was a bit cheesy there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's it. We're done, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again for tuning in to State of Mind. We are swiftly approaching the end of season four, believe it or not. As ever, please do share this podcast with your community as I'd absolutely love for more people to hear it and to subscribe. Huge thanks to Dave and Steve for giving their time and to you guys for listening. I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.